hey, what's going on? You guys, you, got, you caught me, and that, that intro is too short. I can't get my mic on, can't get out here, can't do that, check everything, make sure my zipper's up, all that. I can't get it all done. I can't get it all done. Hey, do you guys have a good Christmas? If you had a good Christmas, come on, just cheer just for one moment. All right, cool, cool, because we've got to have stuff to cheer for in 2020. You know what I'm saying? We've got to have stuff to cheer for. How many of you guys had family, family in town for Christmas? Let me hear you. All right, yeah. How many of you still have family in town? Let me hear you. Okay, no, I'm just joking, just messing around, just messing around. It's, it's great to have family. It's, it's just great to be here at the last Sunday of 2020. We made it, people. We made it. Yeah. Come on, COVID high five someone. I mean, that's like, that means don't slap. I just mean, just go like that. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. All right. No, um, I know Christmas is great. We're here at the end of the year. We made it. But I can't get away from what I think is probably the majority of the world thoughts on 2020. I think that the theme maybe for the year is we want it over. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, not me personally, but I'm just mean like that's kind of like the vibe I'm picking up. We want it over. Um, has anybody else felt that way at all? If you did, it's okay. It's all right. No one's going to like slam you. Yeah, you just want it over. I, I kind of came up with another one. Um, it's kind of that, that thing that would happen if you're in a city and the police have got some kind of area kind of roped off with police tape and they're just like, they're just saying this to people like, move on, nothing to see here. Move on, there's nothing to see here. As if like 2020 became like a crime scene. That's kind of my thing, right? Just move on. There's nothing to see here. Uh, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year. So I thought I'd kick it off uh, here the last Sunday of the year, you know, with maybe some memes that I thought kind of highlight. They kind of give us the theme of 2020. So to pull it off, though, I asked Pastor Nate to go and find these things for me, right? Because that's a good lead pastor, delegation. And that also means that when the joke goes bad, you got someone else to blame. All right. All right. So here's the first one, right? It's for your own good. Right? You've got to stop touching your face. You have to. That's kind of from this year. All right? you'd only, that only makes sense in 2020. Okay? Don't try that next year. It's not going to make sense. Let's go to the next one. All right? Here's some socks on a field trip. Stay together or you'll end up like toilet paper. All right? I don't know where your socks... Hey, does anybody miss socks like that? I, I, know, I don't know where my missing socks go. Let's just do this. Next Sunday, let's bring all of our missing socks to church. Maybe I have yours and you have mine. I have no idea. All right, so here, here's another one. Here's another one. Just 2020 stuff, right? How do you properly greet someone during the coronavirus outbreak? It's definitely not a shaking of hands. It's now the Spock thing. All right, come on, just try it. Just try it. Just see if you even have the ability to do it. Okay, there you go. All right, there you go. Some, some people can't do it, all right? You can do it. I can't do it either. All right, let's go to another one. Let's go to another one. Okay, working from home. Does this look like any of your homes? <laughs> Kids aren't in school. You're working from home. You're just like, I'm going to need to get some work done. Okay, all right, forget that one. All right, here it is. 2020, if I could give this no stars, I would, all right? Anybody else, you ever done those before where you can't give it no stars? You have to at least give it one? Yeah. All right, but my favorite, my favorite meme of the entire stuff that Nate found was this one. Marty, whatever happens, don't ever go to 2020, okay? <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Yeah, you guys, you go ahead and clap. It just makes Nate feel better, all right? Go ahead, do it, all right, there you go. 
Good job. Good job, Nate. Good job, Nate. Uh, hey, hello, Ogallala, North Platte. Good to have you guys with us, everybody worshiping with us online. Sometimes we go through things that are unpleasant. Sometimes we have to walk through things that are challenging. How many of you guys ever walked through a, a time like 2020 that was unpleasant in your life? It was challenging. It could have been something that dealt with uh, you know, trauma in your life. Only to discover that months later, a year or years later, you know, you go, wow, if I wouldn't have walked through that difficult season, I wouldn't be prepared to walk through this now. I think many of us, if you were honest and you could just stop for a moment and just reflect back on your life, you would say, yes, Jeff, I've walked through moments and seasons that I didn't like, but I needed them for the future. I think that 2020 is one of those moments for our life. Uh, I, I don't think that God really wants us to try to escape 2020. I think God's asking us to lean in and grab a hold of everything he wants to teach us from 2020 because we're gonna need it as we go into our future. Like, like myself, this is very minor, okay, very minor. But you know, when, uh, when I was young, back in 1994, I went into full-time ministry. We left the Air Force with our four children and we launched into Valdez. We went to a beautiful community. It's like the Switzerland, really, of America all together, okay? It's beautiful, right? But I went to this place to do ministry uh, with the promise that the church said, look, we can't pay you anything, but we'd love to have you come, all right? Now, that happens a lot in ministry, actually. I'm thankful it doesn't happen here at New Life Church. Thank you for being wonderful, generous people. You actually pay your pastors to do the work of ministry. That's biblical, by the way. But with this place, they were unable to. But Kim and I knew we were called there, so we went. That, we, that meant that we knew we were going to have to get some part-time jobs. Uh, I got a little part-time job in the evening after another job, that a part-time job I had during the day, because you still have to have time to do ministry, so you can't really work full-time. You're going to have to make some serious sacrifices if you're going to step out into full-time ministry like that. So I took on this job at this um, business. It was like, a, uh, like a, a place where multiple businesses were at, okay? Um, it, was, it was that kind of a building. You went in the door, you went up the stairs. There was multiple floors. There was a lot of different businesses that uh, were, were in this office complex. And uh, some people that owned it went to our church, and they said, hey, we'll help you. You can clean at night the general areas, okay? And then a couple of the other businesses that were in this office complex said, yeah, and we would like you to clean as well, basically sweep, take out the trash, straighten some things up, you know, that kind of a thing. Clean the, the general use bathrooms, which that's always a joy. Um, and so I was doing this. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I, I'm a person, I like, I like to be neat, okay? Like I like things neat, I like things in their right place, all right? And I don't mind cleaning for me, but I don't like cleaning for you. It's just not one of my gifts God gave me, right? I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy going into your bathroom and cleaning your bathroom with the mess that you decided to leave. That brings me no joy, all right? But I did it, and I did it for months, okay, because I needed to. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't my thing, Right? I probably kind of walked in the door like, I gotta do this again. I probably did, because I was young, stupid, and didn't realize that God was using this to do something in my life. Guys, can I just tell you now, now with a church like, like New Life at three different communities and more to come, that we have a lot of custodial people that work for us. Can I just say this, that there are many times that I am thankful for them because I walked a mile in their shoes. 
I walked a mile in their shoes. And if you don't walk a mile in their shoes, it's really hard to be thankful. You kind of are thankful, but you don't really know it because you don't know the drain and the strain sometimes of having to clean up after other people's messes. Moral of the story, keep your stuff together, people, all right? Make it easier, make it easier. But we, go, we walk through these seasons so that we can value something later in life. Some of you guys, you walk through a, an unpleasant, challenging season called college to get a degree. And then six, seven, eight years later, you walked out with your diploma. <clears throat> it was unpleasant, but you're thankful for it now, right? You've lived through trauma. You lived through difficult moments, painful moments, moments of loss, And as a pastor, I have talked with hundreds, if not thousands of people that have walked through trauma in their life and have faced the unknown, only to discover that somewhere later in life, it's amazing how many Christ followers walk through traumatic moments only later in life to look back on it and see the best. It's amazing how that happens. Why? Because as we're walking through this, God's preparing us for something else that we're going to need in our life. Starting something new. Many of you don't like to start new things. But for those of you who like to start new things, it can be unpleasant at the beginning. It can be challenging. Things go a lot slower when you're trying to learn something new. Right? There's a whole new set of, you know, talents and learning that has to go on. And it's unpleasant, but only to get beyond that and then to enjoy it. Okay? I don't think that God wants us to run away from 2020 because I think God has lessons for us in 2020 that we need to lean into, wrap our arms around, grab a hold of them. You may not understand them right now. It may not make any sense right now. Many of you are like this to 2020, like boom, I'm gonna stiff arm 2020, I'm gonna escape it. But no, I think God wants us to lean in, grab a hold of 2020 and wrestle with it for a little bit here today. Wrestle with it like we would wrestle with God. I talked about this months ago. That there's a spiritual principle of wrestling with God where we wrap our arms around him and we don't let go of him. You may not understand what's going on, but instead of pushing away from him, instead of blaming him for harm, instead of blaming him for the challenge, right? instead of blaming him for the difficult times, we wrap our arms around him and we go, God, I'm going to wrestle with you. I'm not going to let go of you until I understand why I walked through this season. I believe that God has some life-altering lessons for us that he was teaching us in 2020. Did we catch them? Did we get them? I'm afraid that many of us have not, including myself, because a lot of us, what we want to do is we just want to like get back to what we had pre-pandemic. I would say that maybe our number one goal, if I were to survey this congregation out in the lobbies of all of our campuses today, would be a common theme. Can we just get back to normal? What that means is I just want to get back everything I lost pre-pandemic. Can I just get it all back? And I think, I think that that's, a, that's kind of a, a noble thing to say. It might even be kind of a knee-jerk thing to say, but it's not a godly thing to say. I mean, if you look at your life, Wouldn't you hope that spiritually you're not the same person 12 months later? Wouldn't you hope that you have grown? Yeah, I don't want to go back to where I was because God's got something for my future that is so much better than my past. God's got fresh revelation for us. God's got a a deeper passion of prayer. God's got a, a more passionate worship that he wants to develop inside of us. God's got a deeper hunger for his word that he wants to stir inside of us. God's got a greater faith 
a boldness to step out and make sure that the world knows who Jesus is through your life, through your lens, and through your heart. God wants to do that. God is not interested in taking you back and hitting the reset button pre-pandemic. And if that's your goal, I'm going to tell you right now, you are going to miss everything that God was trying to instruct you with, trying to teach you, and trying to instill in your life from 2020. Because God values his people learning his lessons through the journey, even when it's difficult. That's what he does with the, the people of Israel. If you think about the people of Israel at the beginning of Joshua, which I'm going to help you know the time frame of this. The history is that they had previously been 400 plus years as slaves in Egypt. Then Moses comes along and they're rescued miraculously by supernatural works of God's spirit and power. Amazing, amazing things take place. Okay, only to get through the desert and end up at a river that's not very wide called the Jordan River. And they're in the desert looking across into the promised land. They send spies in. And the spies come back, and here's what they say to themselves. No, there's giants there. No, the cities are fortified. No, the people are like warriors. No, they say these words. We're like grasshoppers to them, meaning we're small and we're, meaning, we're meaningless to them. They'll crush us. They'll kill us. And so they decide, no, we don't want what God has for us. Even though God's worked miraculously, supernaturally, in ways that, man, I'm telling you guys, throughout the Bible, few times in the Bible have shown the power of God like God moved in their life. But even though God moved in such supernatural ways, they still rejected his promise. And they go right back into the desert for 40 years. While the whole generation dies off and a new generation rises up along with a new leader, Joshua. At the beginning of Joshua, you see God establishing him as the leader and then God calling his people to go into the promised land again. There they are at the Jordan River looking across, right? They're looking into the plains of Jericho, a city that's fortified, an enemy that is vicious, okay? Uh, they gotta walk across this river on dry ground because God's gonna dry it up miraculously for them and they're gonna walk onto the plains of Jericho and their warriors have to go first. They're coming out of the desert and into battle, it's like they're going out of the frying pan and into the, what, how does that statement go? Fire, thank, fire, flame, whatever. It's like bad to bad, bad to worse. You see what I'm saying? They're wanting to get out of the desert like we're wanting to get out of 2020, but you don't know what the future holds. Because you don't know what the future holds, God brings us to this place where he goes, hey, you better wake up. And you better learn the lessons because you're going to need to know my lessons. So as they're crossing over the, 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 the Jordan on dry ground, as they get done, God speaks to Joshua and he says, hey, look, Joshua sent 12 men, one from every tribe, the 12 tribes. And he goes, go down and grab stones and bring them up on the promised land side. And I want you to set up this monument of remembrance. And that's exactly what Joshua does with the people. They come across the Jordan on dry ground and they camp at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, okay? And this is, what, this is what takes place. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then, then you, can, you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, 
And he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until he had all crossed over. Verse 24, he did this so that all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. I want you to notice in this passage that God had spoken to Joshua about what was supposed to happen. Let's pack up the 12 stones, let's stack them on top of each other because you and your children and their children on and on from generation to generation need to be reminded that God worked a miracle for us to get here. But it wasn't just the drying up of the Jordan this one time. He goes all the way back to the deliverance of God's people out of Egypt when he dried up the Red Sea for them to cross over. Meaning there are these two bookends people that we better know. We better know not just the two bookends, we better know everything that's in between the bookends. The faithfulness of God while we walked through the desert. The faithfulness of God while we walked through a 2020. Why? Because you don't know what 2021 holds. And I'm not, I'm not meaning that like doom gloom. That's not what I mean. Please don't take it that way. I'm, I'm praying for, a, for an amazing year. I'm praying for an incredible year like many of you are. But we don't, know what, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Just like the Israelites, they didn't know that when they crossed over after Jericho, they were going to continue city after city to face enemy after enemy. They were going to have to keep driving them out, and they were going to keep facing challenges. And they were going to have to go back and remember when they stacked the 12 stones, and they were going to have to remind themselves over and over and over again, God is faithful, God is faithful, God is faithful. Just like you and me, we don't know what tomorrow holds. And so today, all we can do is take the stones from 2020 and stack them up in our heart and be reminded of who God is and what God has done so that when we face the unknown, that the, the pain that we walked through in 2020, but the lessons we learned from it might help us overcome and be victorious as we face the challenges of the future. So what are the lessons of 2020? I'm sure that you could come up with a number of them. A few of the things that stood out to me from 2020 was this, that God has taught us perseverance. That God has taught us perseverance. He's taught you that some of you, your faith is stronger than you thought. Your faith is more intact than you thought it was. That as we walked through a very challenging and trying year, you're standing here today with your faith stronger than you thought. Now while others of you, unfortunately, are just the opposite, and you've learned the lesson of perseverance. Perseverance is the attitude of fighting against an opposition. It's like the fish that keeps swimming upstream in Alaska to get back to the breeding grounds. The current doesn't ever stop in a river. There's never a break in the river. There's only these little pockets and spots where they can hold up, you know, where the water kind of eddies right there. But other than that, it's like constant, just fight against, push against, get upstream. That's why James, the brother of Jesus, in James chapter 1, he writes about perseverance. And he basically says that perseverance is the essence of what is needed. It's the key that's needed for, you know, spiritual growth and spiritual vitality and spiritual health. He says basically perseverance, when we persevere in our faith, when we go against the grain of opposition with our faith, we push past pandemics, we push back persecution, when we push through you know, moments that are unpleasant and that are challenging to us, it becomes 
a place, it becomes like this strengthen us to this place where we don't need anything else, is what James said. A place where you don't need anything else. Why? Because you've, caught, you've got to this place where you realize, I don't need anything else. All I need is Jesus. And I just keep pushing through all the opposition that's to come. It's like marathon runners, of which you can tell by this body, I am not one. This body doesn't like to run. I take a couple of steps and it's screaming back at me like, what are you doing? Get in the car. Right? And if you know where I live, people have asked me all the time, because I live right over here next to the church. Hey, you, you walk to the church, right? I go, no. I drive every day. I ought to walk. My body needs to walk, but I don't want to become a marathon runner. I got too many other things I enjoy doing. Um, but I do have some friends that run marathons. And this is what they tell me. They tell me that the first few miles, you got to push past the pain. First through mile, few miles, you, you got you to push past this discomfort. Those first couple of miles, you got to push past it until you get into the groove. Perseverance is that, pushing past the discomfort, pushing past the obstacles until you get into the groove. And then the groove is just like, man, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm following Christ. Yeah, yeah, I know the winds of opposition come. Yeah, you get blown around. Yeah, yeah, you kind of trip every once in a while and you get back up and you keep running though. Perseverance. We need it in our faith. Without it, you don't become whole in your faith. God also taught us this, though, that life is delicate and uncertain. Too many people have died because of COVID. Innocent people, innocent people are no longer with us because of COVID. Um, there are others that have been on the brink of death. Right there on death's door, only to rebound. The Bible reminds us that this life that we live, it defines it like this. It says, this life is a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. It was never meant to last forever. Although we have been trying, we've been trying to push back death's door with everything that we do because we somehow think that this is it. Like this is what we live for. This earth and everything we can accomplish here and everything we can get our hands on here. But I'm telling you guys, this life right here on this earth is like a vapor. Oh, you will last forever. There's no doubt about that. Either with Christ for eternity or away from Christ for eternity. But this brief moment on this brief planet is only meant to be like a vapor. Now, that doesn't excuse away people that have died because of COVID. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say to you is this, that life has been shown to us one more time to be delicate and uncertain. We have no promise that tomorrow will be here. We don't know what happens tomorrow. And so what we should be doing is we reassessing all of our priorities. A year like this and what God's teaching us is going, hey, Jeff, is your priority still on things or is it on people? Where's your priority at? Is it on all the things you have and all the comforts that you have? Or is it on loving people? Because that's what God's trying to remind us of here. When it's dealing with the delicateness, right, and the uncertainty of life, God's trying to get us to value again life. Because look, we only get this one life to do one very important thing, to put our hope and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and then to influence as many people as possible that they would put their hope and their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so that when this vapor goes out, I come alive with Christ. 
to let this year of 2020 remind you. It's not about things, okay? Because things can have insurance policies that replace them. I can total my car tomorrow, right? Because I got good insurance, I can replace it. I total my life, I can't replace it. Oh, my wife will get some life insurance money, but she can't replace me. See what I'm saying? People are what matters. People are what matters to God as well. I think a third lesson that we need to grab a hold of from 2020 and not just rush away from it, but wrestle with it, is that God taught us that miracles happen during calamity. I've heard many stories from this congregation of God working miraculous things in people's lives. Healing people, protecting people, even providing for people. God's done the same thing for our church. And I think it's amazing to see God work the miraculous in the midst of calamity. If you remember, just a few weeks ago, we received, we started to receive, and it's been, re, it's been you know, receiving it for the last few weeks, the miracle offering of 2020 to invest into missions, right, called Kingdom Builders. I mean, you guys, you guys have all heard. I mean, we just eclipsed the number that we were shooting for. We were shooting for 77,000. I think now we're over 117,000 uh, of giving. It's just crazy. Your generosity has been amazing. See a miracle? Yeah, we saw a miracle happen right there. And the joy of it is that we get to invest it into people finding Jesus and lives being changed all around the world, including our own backyard. That's incredible. But in the midst of of 2020, people would have said to us, like, don't ever shoot for a goal like that in 2020. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Don't even believe for something like that. But yet, we proved them wrong because we believed, we believed in the power of who God is and what God can do through the hearts of those who are generous, and God worked a miracle. I'll tell you another thing in 2020 that didn't seem like it should have been possible was just a couple of, like, what, last week, we opened up our brand new facility in North Platte, our brand new church in North Platte in the midst of 2020. That's crazy, but it was a miracle, and God made it work. I'm telling you guys, if there isn't anything you take out of 2020, you should take this out of 2020. God is still God in the midst of chaos. But God also taught us that hope isn't found in what this nation can provide. I want to go on record right now, and I just want to tell you right up front, all right, this is not an anti-America statement. I love America. I love this nation. I am thankful for this nation. I have served in the military for this nation. And you ask my wife, I would do it again if given the chance to do it again. I would defend this nation and I'm thankful for this nation. And I truly do mean it when I say I want God to bless our nation. I want to see it. But I also need to let you know that it's easy for us to put our hope in what our nation can do instead of what God can do. And Christianity has become like this with those kind of statements. It's like people, people have put their hope in what America can do instead of what God can do. And I just want you to know today, you aren't a Christian, you aren't a Christ follower because of what America did, you're a Christ follower because of what Jesus did. You understand? We put our hope in the wrong place. And Jesus in this year is going, put your hope back in me. So yeah, should we pray for our nation? You better believe it. Should we ask God to bless our nation? Absolutely. 
Should we be praying for our government leaders? The Bible tells us that we ought to be doing that. We should be praying that Jesus would get a hold of their heart. We should be praying that the Bible would once again become the centerpiece of how we, how we dictate and how we govern and all those kind of things. But my hope isn't in what our government can provide us. My hope is in what God can provide. And guys, that's a reminder for us in 2020. It's a wake-up call for the church. The church itself has gotten too comfortable because we live in a nation where it's free to worship God. I just want you to know that there are people in other nations today that have called Jesus Christ their Savior and their Lord, and they don't have an America to hide behind. They've got hostility in front of them, and they put their faith and hope in Jesus Christ. If your faith has anything to do with it being wrapped up in what the freedoms of what that America has brought to you, I'm telling you are headed for disaster, my friend. Your faith has nothing to do with this nation. Your faith has everything to do with who he said he is. Because there's a day that will come when the freedoms to worship in this nation will no longer be here. And if your hope is wrapped up in that, where will your faith be? So let 2020 be a wake-up call today. That our hope isn't what our nation can provide. Our hope is what Jesus can provide. Let that be your focus. Lastly, I think God taught us this, that nothing can come against his church. Nothing. Nothing. Jesus is the one who said, hey, even the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. So COVID hit. And so we weren't able to worship corporately together. Guess what we did? We all went online. Like it or not, we did it, right? And we survived it. We got through it. Unfortunately, almost every church, churches that, that I know of, churches the size of New Life and, you know, smaller and greater, many of them lost people. Most churches lost people that will never, will never see them walk back through our doors again. And I'm not talking because they died because of COVID. I'm talking because their faith collapsed right, right in front of their face. And they'll never walk through the doors again. But in the midst of 2020, new people have still been walking through the doors, finding Jesus and seeing their lives change. And I praise God for that, even here at New Life Church. And now here we are, we're back to public you know, worship again. But we still have many people that are worshiping at home. I just heard this past week of some families at New Life here at the Carney campus, they're still gathering together on a Sunday like a life group and they're worshiping at home. I praise God for that. I praise God for that. I thank God for all of you who are worshiping online with us today. No matter where you are, right, whether you're part of our family or you're distant from our family or you just found this church and you're searching Jesus, I thank God for you. I look forward to the day that you feel comfortable enough to walk back through our doors and worship together. But the fact is this, 2020 and because of the pandemic, did you guys realize Jesus has gone viral online? More churches, small churches, dinky churches, big churches, churches all over the world are broadcasting the good news of Jesus online, and nobody can stop it. It's good news. So I'm telling you, there's things to gain from 2020. There's things to hold on to. There's lessons. There's stones from the riverbed that we got to pick up and carry into 2021. It's not all a loss. We shouldn't stiff arm it. Let's not just try to escape from it. What is the 2020 lesson that God wants you to hang on to like the stone from the riverbed that he wants you to reach down deep today possibly and pull it up and hang on to it? It's only gonna be one because they're heavy. 
because they're so truthful, they're so powerful. What is it? What's that stone from the riverbed God wants you to hang on to and carry into 2021? Because I'm telling you, everybody here that's listening to me is going to need it. Because we're going to face things that you have no idea what you're getting ready to face. And you're going to be so thankful that you held on to the stone of truth. The stone of provision. The stone of God's glory and his righteousness and everything that is incredibly good about God. You're going to be thankful you held on to that. Because you're going to face some challenging times in 2021. And you're going to be thankful that you have it. Because you're going to look back and go, if God was faithful in 2020, I can trust him now. Everybody's going to need it. So let's, let's like... Let's respond to God today like the psalmist did. This is what I want to leave you with. Psalmist says this, I remember the days of old. Let's not forget the days of old. Let's not, this is because we're moving into a new year. Let's not forget 2020. And, and not just for the, the, the chaos, but for the great things that God did. I remember the days of old. I ponder all of your great works and think about what you have done. As I ponder it, as I think about what you have done, watch what he does. So here's what I do. I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Meaning, you know what? As I ponder this, as I remember it, not all of it brings back great memories. But in the midst of it, I see your faithfulness. So I can do nothing other than this. Lift up my hands in prayer and in praise and then get more thirsty for you like I'm a desert in need of rain. What do I do when I go through difficult times? I grab the stone that the Lord, the Lord spoke to me, that the Lord showed me of his faithfulness. I store that away. I lift up my hands in surrender but yet in praise to him, right? Trusting him for what, where I've gone and where I'm going. And then I say to him, Lord, I'm thirsty for you like a desert in need of rain. I need more of you, Jesus. And if I don't have more of you in my life, then there's no way that I'm going to be victorious in the things that are to come. And church, I think that's our response to God today. Pick up the stone of truth, raise up your arms in praise to God today, and then get more thirsty for Jesus in this time of worship as we wrap up this year and we get ready to step into 2021. Why don't you stand with me and let's practice that right now. Let's pray. Father, before we go into this time of worship to you, we're reminded from, from your word here today that you want us to remember. You want us to remember your faithfulness even when we walk through desert seasons. And you want us to stack up the stones of truth one on top of another so that one day we can come back to it and we can look at it and be reminded of it, especially when we walk through challenging times. Lord, we have no idea what 2021 holds. But Lord, we ask that you would go before us and you would prepare our way. You would prepare our heart for whatever's coming. God, we ask that, Lord, you would continue to bless our nation, that you would bless those who lead our nation. And Lord, you would lead this nation back to Jesus. But Lord, we're thankful that our hope and our, and our truth is found in Christ and Christ alone. So, Lord, we choose to worship you today. We choose to lift up our hands in prayer and in praise to you. We choose to come to you and say, God, we're thirsty for more of you. Like we're a desert that's in need of rain right now. We're thirsty for you, God. Would you pour out your spirit upon us? Would you pour out your spirit of truth upon us? Would you draw us in close to you? May we encounter you today, God, in a way that is 
so profound that your presence is so manifest in our midst that Lord, we can't deny that we've been with Jesus today. So Lord, we pick up our stone of truth from 2020. We're thankful for all that you have done in us and through us. Your faithfulness is beyond what we deserve. And though we choose to look into the future and walk there with the hope that, o- that we can only have through Christ and Christ alone. In Jesus' name.